All right, guys. Thanks back. We're going to be back once again this week for Two Dudes and a Rick, and we are the best boys. This week we've got Dom, Rick, and we've got two buddies from high school, Will, and we got Kenny. Go ahead and say hi, guys. Oh, what's up? Hey, I'm Will. So last week we ended off on explaining how we met each other and everything like that. So uh, Will and Kenny, would, would you guys like want to explain any sort of things that resonate in your mind, how you met me or any how, how our friendship has kind of evolved over these years, these crazy, maybe like what, five, six years now? Just make it about Chris. That's the main thing. He likes hearing about himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, I mean, I've always kind of got that vibe from Chris. You know, it's all about Chris. No, really not, though. Uh, when I remember you telling me that. Um, and, dude, I can't even think of, like, the specific meeting, but I just always knew you were, like, you were that guy. You were this, like, money man, bro. Whether it was... Um, Can I ask real quick, did you hate him when you first met him? <laughs> I hate him? Okay, people, that's, that's actually... I think I think that actually is how it was. I'm not going to lie. He was, he was a little annoying. He was a little over the top for me. But, you know, um, for me personally, he ended up being on the, the football team with us. And that's where I really like he kind of resonated more with me because he was, you know, that most of the team, not all of them were the best of guys. You know, you got more douchebags than you than you don't. And uh, Chris wasn't one of those douchebags. I found out he ended up resonating with us a little bit better and hung out a lot. Definitely had a couple couple good party times, too. Uh I know he used to sell me and Will sandwiches in the hallways. I mean, bro, how, how many other guys do that for you? Oh yeah, that's a true friend right there. Yeah, he only made you pay for his stuff. Yeah, what a what a friend. <laughs> it was better than the lunchroom food, and it was cheaper, so I had no complaints. Well, we already know that my mom she's a she's a damn good cook. Uh, was, what what was what, your first interaction with me, William? Me okay. I kind of knew like the entity of Chris McKelvin before I actually met you. Like, I feel like there, there was a buzz whenever you came uh, to Meridianville. What was that, like seventh or eighth grade? I can't remember. Coming back from Korea? Or are you talking yeah. about like, oh, I, I moved back sophomore year of high school from Korea. Oh, wow. Okay, later than I thought. But yeah, when you came back, everybody was like, oh, Chris McKelvin, Chris McKelvin. Chris. I was like, all right, cool. And then honestly, it was seminar when in AP when me and you had that seminar class together and it was like every other day I would go in there and lose more money to Chris gambling because he would show me these <laughs> tricks and he was like if you could just do this I can't remember what was the one he was like if you could pick this up before I can I'll give you a dollar <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I remember this uh, people in my seminar I would bet them anything I'd bet anything from a dollar to a mechanical pencil to see if I could take it away from them. And it would be like, even like the stupidest bar games. I bet, I bet I can, uh, I bet I can touch this before you can touch it. And I would just take their money. I would take advantage of them. I know it sounds horrible, but yeah, I'd take advantage of all my friends around. Me. <laughs> Maybe till this day. Yeah. Back again to the buying sandwiches. He's only there for the cash. Honestly. <laughs> He's the money man, dude. He's a hustler. He's a hustler. But so g going off of that, so we have the, the first topic that today and I was talking about last week. So what I want to bring up today is the Florida swingers. I don't know if you guys know the high STD rate that the village has in the Florida in Florida. So I don't know. The village is called it's it is a 55 plus community just to put it out there. So we're talking about retirees, people who have already made it, people who have already done everything they need to do in life. They're just retired people living their life now at this at this point. And my story behind this is there is a there is something they do it's called the golf cart key swingers. So they everywhere you go into the village from Walmart to Dollar General to the gas station, you take your your golf cart everywhere you go. They've got specific parking places for your golf carts. So if you go to these specific parties at the village, you enter the party and you put the keys to your golf cart in this bucket. And the man always goes back to his golf cart. But this is the, this is the funny part here. The woman, before she leaves the party 
at this at the village. Fifty five plus. We're talking about grannies here. We're talking about your granny. The granny that you imagining in your head right now. Before she leaves, she takes one of those golf cart keys. Just so you know. And she she is finding the person she's gonna go home with that night. And we're talking about the Florida golf key swingers. Golf carts key swingers. Could you imagine your old grandma who you're imagining right now? Going home with some random guy that she picks up a golf cart key with. Honestly, good for her. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine being like fucking, you know, you're, let's say you're, you're the, you're the minimum. You're 55. Like if you're in a retire community, retirement community at 55, you have either live life to its fullest or it's just completely sucked a bag of dicks. Like there is no in between to be in a retirement home at 55. So I mean, think what are their other daily activities they have? Like they can't play tennis. They play like pickleball and shit like that. <laughs> so, I mean, like what, what they can go to Walmart. Like he said, they can drive around in their golf carts. They sleep, they eat and they fuck each other. That's all there is to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so it's funny when you tell that story, I'm not actually thinking about the grandma. I'm thinking about the grandpa. <laughs> of course, guy, of course, Rick. Some poor guy is having to go home with Bertha that night. Could you imagine sitting out on your golf cart? Oh God, don't come to mind. Don't come to my home. You know, you know, there's that one woman that like when they all walk into the party, they all just get around. Like all the dudes probably gather around and they're like, I swear to God, if I have to go home with Margaret again, I'm gonna fucking blow my brains out. I'm just gonna drop the golf cart into a fucking ditch. I've gotten this bitch two weeks in a row. <laughs> but but you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum. Oh, oh. We're talking about Molly here. <laughs> Molly here. She, she's a 60-year-old little ball of fire. Molly plays pickleball every morning, and she runs her two miles on the treadmill at 3.5 incline. We're talking about a booty so tight, you couldn't even swipe a credit card through it. <laughs> yeah, I refuse to think of that. That image is not in your head. I don't like that. It just came to my head. <laughs> <laughs> but that is my topic of, of, of this week for my story. I cannot believe that one of the highest places in America to have an STD in is the village. The village. 55 plus community. Couldn't believe it. Do you think of that like Medicare and Medicaid covers like STD treatment? Or you know, I, I don't think they really think about it because at the end of the day, they're just going to take their social security check every first and just go get it checked out for 35 bucks a month. Well, just if you're spending copay. half your paycheck on uh, like antibiotics to treat your syphilis or something, you know, like you can't Medi afford to go to the party that month. Medicare covers chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, and or hepatitis B if you okay. are pregnant or at risk for an STI. So how about mesothelioma? <laughs> <laughs> I've already got my money from that suit. No, call Will Taylor in a couple of years. He's going to represent you. <laughs> you may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> you and your loved ones will be compensated. <laughs> Chris, when I when I start practicing, I want you to do my commercial for me. Me? Yeah, you. Oh. I don't want shit from Chris. If I call Chris, something's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, Dom, I know you were talking about last time you wanted to talk about your your great date you had at Waffle House. Oh yeah, this this came up after uh, after we had finished the last podcast. We were sitting in Waffle House, and you know, it was the exact same Waffle House. That, like you know, there there was a period where I was in a pretty serious relationship, and I got out of it, and I was like, you know what, dating's just not for me right now. I'm gonna take some me time. You know, I'm gonna find myself, make myself happy. Well, time comes around to start getting back in the game and, uh, you know, I'm just throwing rights on whoever looks halfway decent. Not even thinking, like, I was so fucking naive going into this, looking back on it. Like, the pictures that these women post are can be years out of date. There's no <laughs> telling how, how long ago this shit had happened. So, I just went, I met with a girl that I was working with. I picked up some stuff from her and uh, we were chit-chatting for a minute. And uh, she mentioned catfishing to me. She's like, you better be careful. And like literally not until 10 minutes before I had walked into this place did that ever cross my mind. And then I started really like picking apart her profile and shit while I was sitting in the car looking at these pictures. And I saw 
she was in some sorority and I never caught this before, but this was like 2019, 2018 when I did this and she had on a sorority shirt that had a date of 2014 on there. I graduated in 2014. So that's, that's what I'm like. Okay. This shit can go bad real fast right now, but you know what? I'm just going to give this girl a chance. We're going to show up to waffle waffle house of all fucking places. (laughs) And have a have a nice you know first date first first round back in the game. All star breakfast, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the all star breakfast can make magic happens at the all star breakfast. We didn't make it that far, so <laughs> I go in a Waffle House and I sit down, and uh, you know I'm just like playing on my phone. You know, I haven't been on a date in a while. You know, hearts will racing a little bit, and um, this girl walks in. I look at her, and I look back down. And then I like stop for a second and I look back at her. I'm like, this is this girl. This is this bitch that has literally just fucking catfished me. So <laughs> from the second that I had seen her, I knew exactly what was about to go down. So we sat there. You know, I was, I played nice. There's no need to be an asshole. You know, she's just trying to get some too. And uh, literally before we order, she starts talking about how she wants to fuck. And I'm like, I'm just brushing it off. Like, like I never heard this shit. Like, I just ignored the comments. So she's like having a conversation by herself, essentially, for most of the part. <laughs> and uh, the waitress comes up to us to take our order. Another fucking red flag besides the, uh, you know, overt sexual, like sexualness of the entire situation. Her, um, <clears throat> her increased, uh, weight gain from her previous pictures uh the different hair color from her pictures the only thing that was the same was her glasses about okay so she knows she knows the waitress by name she knows all the waitresses in this waffle house she eats regularly she's a (laughs) she's a regular okay now see that's that's what i thought i was like you know what she just comes here a lot you know you can tell by looking at her this lady loves to eat so here's here's where shit really this is where i made up my mind like if everything else before this hadn't just been like you know there's still a chance this is what threw the fucking this is what broke the camel's back right here she then proceeds to tell me how when she failed out of college for her business major that <laughs> she, came, what? she came to waffle house and uh, had a mental breakdown in the waffle house of all places all places didn't have the decency to go back home cry about it think about it you know, just think like think through what you've done like a normal human being. She comes to Waffle House and has a mental breakdown. And all of the waitresses knew her by name. She eventually, apparently that's where she would come to fucking cry and do all this other shit. So this was like her her safe space because she <laughs> knew everybody there. It was the fucking local college town Waffle House. So the, the I, I just, I really don't believe that anybody out there could have a worse experience on a first date. Like literally, I didn't even. I ordered a like a two dollar like fucking bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit or something like that. I ate half of it as soon as she got up to go to the restroom. I literally just threw a twenty on the table and left. Had to get out of there, Dom. Had to get yeah. out of there. There's no <laughs> way I was sticking around. That reminds me of. I mean, I wouldn't call it the worst date experience, but I had a really bad experience one time at a uh, hibachi grill. Yeah, uh, what happened? So, all right, so I'll set the scene. Um, my girlfriend at the time, she was about to transfer from Alabama. She was transferring to Auburn. And so we're, this is in Tuscaloosa. And so she's in a sorority. She's like, hey, I want to have this huge dinner at the Hibachi Steak Grill. Some, I forget what it was called. And she's like, I want you to go. Okay, so, let, me, let me interject real quick. Yeah. Waffle House and buffets. Uh, just, here's, Two not, terrible places for first dates. I've known this girl. I was dating this girl for a while. And so anyway, I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm not going. It's going to be all your girlfriends. Like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. He goes, Rick, please come. I'll pay for your dinner. I'll pay for everything. You get beer. I'll pay for it all. Like, you'll pay? All right. All right, fine. I'm going to go. So dude, that's go. an alpha. Let me go ahead and say, dude, you're an alpha, Rick. That's an alpha move right there. Well, Your right. girl said she was going to pay for everything. And you were like, all right, dude, you're so, a fucking alpha, dude. Just so, say so, I'm an alpha. So I, we'll wait till the end of the story if you think I'm an alpha because this part's pretty funny. It's, I, by far, I felt like the least alpha ever at the end of the story. So we go there, you know, um, 
it sucks. I'm sitting, you know, they're all just talking and I'm just eating alone by myself, fucking bored as fuck, like having casual conversation. Anyway, at the end, the waitress comes or the waiter, it's a dude, comes out um, and gives everyone their checks. And uh, he goes, how are you guys going to, uh, you know, how are y'all paying? I go, well, we're together. I said that out loud, like we're together. And then they, everyone else said, well, I'm, I'm alone. I'm alone. I'm alone. Separate ticket or whatever. So my girlfriend at the time is embarrassed to pay for me. So she slides her card like under the table to me and says like, hey, you know, when he comes like you act like you're paying, act like you're taking out your wallet. So I do that. He comes back, you know, I, I act like I'm so like I'm covering us. I'll give him the card and everything. And all the girls, there's all these sorority girls like, oh, my God, that is so sweet. You are amazing. Like, oh, my, like, you know how girls are. Anyway, when the guy comes back, <laughs> he starts reading out the cards, the names on the cards. <laughs> so when they give me the bill, he goes, my girlfriend's name, he reads it out loud, and all the girls just glare at me like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole. Like, I pretended like I was paying for it when Maddie paid, well, the girl I was with paid for me. But dude, that was terrible. I had to get the fuck out of there fast. <laughs> i've never completely understood that concept it's like if you are in an equal relationship with a woman like you pay for shit all the time okay you buy meals for her you pay for dates you pay you want to go to the movie theater of course it's on your bill i don't see anything wrong with having so a girl pay for your meal like that every now and then of course it's not every time but you know that you just throw me something back every now and then I get that. I, I'm with you. We were younger. I think it was that she was with all her friends and she wanted to make it seem like I was the good guy who would pay for her. And so when it came back that she was paying for me. God, man, little was, did she know how much of a degenerate you were and how much of a degenerate you have become. Oh, she's found out. We're not together. <laughs> <laughs> how about you guys? Have y'all... <laughs> Old Will, tell me a bad, a bad scenario you've had. I know you've been with some 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 gals here at auburn honestly no like i'm trying to think but like i kept to myself honestly through college oh like, my god this the jews god himself has said i I'm, my roommate is in, <laughs> my roommate is in the call he can't, my roommate is here yeah <laughs> uh yeah i would say our dating careers weren't too crazy here at auburn i mean i stay tied down you know me and nah Will, Will, I don't know, bro. He might be lying on camera. I mean, this is recorded, dog. Like, I got you. Like right now, Will, I want to let you know. I got you. I got you posted up on 4K. I'm, I will expose you. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but honestly, like I can't. I didn't really go on any dates in college, for real. I don't know. Focus yeah. on the school. That's that's what you're there for. Good. How many men did there you, you kiss in college, Will? Other than Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you can be honest it's okay sometimes it's undisclosed, undisclosed. We're, uh, <laughs> we're an accepting podcast we love all types yeah <laughs> i've got another thing i'd like to, i'd like you guys to touch on so i want you guys to go ahead and close your eyes and all the listeners out there they're gonna listen to this think about the stupidest people in your life maybe not just the stupidest people the most unsuccessful people that you have surrounded yourself with, or you just, you just somehow know. Do those people have more than maybe two kids? Have they been making like, have they had a kid this period way too early or anything like that? And then I also want you now, now we're not thinking about them anymore. We're still have our eyes closed. Imagine the smartest people you know, or the most successful people you know that you've surrounded yourself in life with, or the people you know that have waited to have children. To, for the right moment. They probably have less kids than the stupid people you know, right? Right? Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, this okay, is my well, theory. This is my theory. We are literally full of dumb-ass people around us. We are outnumbered. We are outnumbered by the idiots in our life because all the idiots produce more than we do. All the smart people in life maybe have two, two kids max. Everybody else other than that is just a bunch of dumbasses that have just made way too many kids to foster in this world to surround ourselves with the idiots and mediocre people that we have to, we just have to live with. Okay, that's that's your theory. This is mine. So like even the other day, like Rick, he 
has a lot of potential to be successful. He's still in school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yo, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to graduate. So I'm about to apply to law school. I was like, good. Like, you know, that's, that's great. You're moving ahead. But, and he, he said, I don't know what I'm going to do after that. I said, well, you know, that's, that's really what life is, is it's that series of choices you make in a certain order. And you always have a goal you're working towards the idiots the ones that don't go to college, the ones that settle down with the first pussy that jumps in front of them, they move along that ladder a lot faster than everybody else. They don't have the four-year space of let's graduate college or the extra two years of let's get a, a, a master's degree or something like that. It's always, you know what? I got my dip. I got my job at the factory. I got my wife. I got my trailer. I got my Jeep. And if they already got a dog, the next thing they're going to do is pop out a kid. They just don't have as long of a, a life ladder as most other people do. You know, it's more of a, let's move along. Let's move on to the next thing. And their next thing is let's fucking squirt one out real quick and see how many we can get in this goddamn trailer. Oh, and hopefully it's a double one. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. if they're Who, I will sell them the double wide too and then give them a mortgage for it. Depends <laughs> on if they bought the bass boat or not or the new Chevy. Oh, <laughs> What, yeah. what, how about you guys? What's your take on this? This that you're surrounded by the world of idiots. Well, I was just gonna say I was trying to pull up. Uh, so like, I read a book about this, talking about like reproduction. So it's like there are four levels of uh, income in the world. There's level one, which people make two dollars or less in a day. Level two is eight dollars or less a day. Level three, thirty-two dollars or less a day. And level four is thirty-two and up. And so it, I find it interesting. Like their statistics show that you make thirty-two dollars a day or more you're likely to have about 1.5 kids, right? But, you know, in America, we, we see that's not always the case. There's some people, like you say, you know, who just like start popping them out. And it looks like the dumber ones do that or whatnot. Uh, but I think it's funny, like, and there are some people who just like value kids though, you know? So some people, instead of wanting to make more money, their idea of success is having kids. That blows my mind. I don't understand that, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess your thesis here is that, you the lower the IQ, the more you value children. Is that what you're arguing? No, He's just saying stupid people have kids more often, more yeah. frequently. We're, I'm just saying that we're outnumbered by all the smart people in this world are outnumbered by the idiots in this world. Let me get that extra six hundred dollars on my stimulus check because I just squeezed one out. That's oh called money God. making right there. <laughs> it's an investment at that point. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you know. You know, none of those guys have like a college fund put back for any of their kids. Nothing like that. They're, they're going to have literally enough to get by. And even then they still might have another one. Yeah. Most indefinitely. How about, how about you guys? Will, Kenny, what, what, what's your big input on this? Do you feel like sometimes that you're just surrounded by a bunch of idiots in your life? Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Will. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I would say I don't, not necessarily just because of the circles that like I frequent, you know, like I was in Auburn for four years. So you're mostly surrounded by people that are like-minded doing the same thing like that. But, you know, feel like these kind of people you're talking about exist back home hundred percent. Like that's more of that, that area, that lifestyle. And a lot of people, I think what it is, is that that's what they're always surrounded by is that's, you know, that's what, their mom did, their grandpa did, their aunts and uncles did, and they didn't ever leave that circle of Hazel Green, you know, they didn't go to Auburn, they didn't go to Birmingham for law school, like, so I feel like it's kind of like what Rick was saying is, yeah, so their image of success is to have a big family, not necessarily to make a bunch of money or get a master's degree, things like that, yeah, and value you things differently. Going off of what you just said, talking about it's like what they've always known, Back in the day, uh, especially before like the industrialization, uh, 1800s or whatnot, people had to have kids. You had to have like eight kids in order to help, uh, you know, maintain the farm, keep economic success. Like the families relied on children. And not to mention before modern medicine, I think uh, the, the average was if you have eight kids, only two are going to survive. The rest are going to die. So what like we, the hell year did that statistic come from? Uh, I want to say 1800. Rick, I have a feeling though, just just straight up, Rick, if yeah. if your parents had eight kids and only two of them survived, I, I hate to say it, you'd probably be not one of the two that survived. 
<laughs> I think you're right. I, I, I'm I'm a I'm a side effect of modern medicine. I I <laughs> uh, I'm dirtying the gene pool. I'm sorry. <laughs> My, but I was just saying. I think I think Will's right. That's just what people they know. And then as you as people become more educated, you start surrounding yourself and you know the more educated circles, you have less kids. So it is kind of. It is kind of ironic that like the smarter you get, you start to weed out your existence and the dumber people are just spreading. <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to have a lot of kids, right? <laughs> so do y'all think that after a few years, like, okay, let's, let's think about the children actually growing up in these families. The ones that are, you know, maybe, maybe the, the ones that are having all the kids lived in a similar situation, you know, cause like, I could say two generations ago, I knew examples of what Rick and Will were talking about. You know, that was just their level of success. They had things to tend to. My grandmother had 13 kids. Okay. Like that's almost unbelievable. But I mean, like she was so in such like a rural part of Alabama that was still part of their culture up there. So do you guys think that in like the next like, generation a generation after that that even they might slow down or do you think that's going to be something that sticks to people that are more uh like in urban areas or living in places without a lot of like you know just can't just add on to a house because i've got a two-bedroom apartment you know i feel like after after a, a period of time even then uh the the idiots as chris was calling them are going to stop mm even producing to at the rate that they do. I just feel like that's something that's going to going to move through or or down the the idiot ladder if you would. But I mean like over time, you know, people get smarter, but I don't even think that's going to be the main cause. I think it's just going to be a, a break of tradition there that you know, not everybody needs to have 13 kids and hope that you know, four survive or you get three lucky ones out of there. Nihilism, that's what you're saying right there. The breakdown of tradition. I think you're, I hear you. You're probably right that that'll happen. It's just, to me, I feel like, you know, you have like this religious idea of like, don't have an abortion or some religions don't even believe in contraceptives. And then you a have- A lot don't. A lot of major, uh, some parts of Islam, uh, Judaism and Christianity, and probably some others that I'm not familiar with, believe that contraception is, is, a, is a sin yeah. in Christianity terms. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then on top of that, you also have like- uh, and you have the traditions of religion, then you have like the disadvantaged who aren't getting the proper education of contraceptives of, you know, what we call it sex ed, because how helpful sex ed was to us, you know, uh, but you know, you have that. And then on top of that, I think there's going to be people are going to see Chris owns 20 homes, you know, and, uh, and he's so successful, and you know, they're going to feel bad, but they're going to derive their form of success from like, I raised a family, I have all these kids, I'm leaving a legacy. So you could I, be right. That's why I don't own 20 homes. Just not, but but when he does and nobody will rent from his ass, then he'll have 20 kids. Just so they can pay his rent. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's because like they see Chris's level of success as unobtainable, whereas having a big family and raising a family like that is something obtainable that they could do now? Yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. That's what you were talking about earlier. That's their form of success. Not everybody values a dollar, you know. Yeah. Well, no, or, or not everybody's even blessed with that mind. Like, I mean, we're we're all talking right now as like either people have gone through the the goal orientation that you're talking about, Dom, where you know we've we're chasing like a degree or we're chasing like that next big step on this ladder for us. But some of these people either don't don't have the they don't believe they have the mind capacity to like chase after dreams like that. So it's like, let's pop out kids and let's, let's do it now. And a lot of times it's, it's affected by the fact that there are a lot of these people that we're talking about. I think they're just young and stupid, you know? Yes. Very, like all of them start off young. That's the, yeah. that, I feel like that's the main denominator, common denominator between all of them is that they start young and it's what they know and mm -hmm. they stick with it. But so are you going to sit there and be sympathetic for them at that point? Because There's no need to give them sympathy. I'm going to realize like, I mean, I'd be completely honest with you guys. I'm not sympathetic at all towards anybody. I realize, A, you can be educated here in America nowadays and for anything. I, You can be smarter than me and literally just YouTube your degree for the next four years. You can be smarter than me. You can be, be 
I mean, all of us in this group chat right now in the Zoom are virgins. So you can make the decision of never having a child. C, you can work harder than anybody else. It doesn't take a brain to work hard. So I am not going to sit here and be sympathetic towards anybody in my lifetime because out of those three things, you have direct control of it. Working retail broke me <clears throat> from my sympathy for other people. You know, like there's so much shit that happens in a random day and you just got to leave that at the door. You got to, at, at the end of the day, your job is to get your job done and to worry about yourself and get out of there and cover your own ass. Yeah. The fact I, that Nancy didn't get an extra 30 cents off her phone charger is no skin off my ass. Chris, I agree with you in the sense of like, yeah, I don't feel bad. Well, I want to, I want to put that in perspective. If someone's complaining about their status and they've made these decisions and they've chosen not to work hard, I don't feel bad for them. I do just kind of want to point out, like, we got to keep in mind, like, cultural relativism. Like, we have, like, this Western secularized work ethic, you know, and we put value on, like, how much money you make or how successful you are. And we quantify success as X, you know, I worked for this law firm or you own X amount of homes. But, like, some people don't really, like, some cultures don't have that, uh, that version of success. And so to those cultures... I wouldn't necessarily judge them if they have multiple kids and they don't live like a capitalist like lifestyle. But, you know, if they're complaining, I am 100 percent agree with you. I'm like, all right, don't complain about your station in life. You can work out to get get out of it, you know, but if they just value lots of kids and being dumb, if that's their what they like, then good for them. I mean, there's tons of plenty of free opportunities out there for people to pursue. I know, especially during the coronavirus stuff, Harvard University was offering free coding classes to people. And there's still, you can get a book to learn a language for less than $100. And most of the time, yes, yeah, somebody wants to see a degree. But as long as you get that first job and you show that you're successful and that you can, okay, I can build a website or I can develop an algorithm for you to do whatever you want me to do. You know, just showing that you can get your foot in somewhere and start doing something like that. All of these resources are available online for free. And yeah, I, I feel like, <laughs> well, I mean, just, just better just go to, to the of, library. Just kind of like clarify everything. Like by no means I'm going to sit here and uh, say that my house is in order and perfect and everything compared to everybody else. Uh, I, everybody ha derives happiness in their own certain way, you know? Uh, the way that Kenny is happy is completely different from how I'm happy and how Will's happy is completely different from how Kenny's happy and as, as I'm happy. But I feel like everybody in the same same fashion has a has a way or at least in the Western culture of happiness does come in a sort of way of success. Yeah. Uh, if you're not successful or if you're not really chasing – I get, you hate to say it, but chasing the money at that point – uh, you're not going to be happy, at least in America. How many people do you know make $20,000 a year and that can I honestly say that they're happy? Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why Kenny, I think, was right. He said a lot of these people in this Western culture who have these values, they're young and dumb. And so I, I think that's a good way to put it. He kind of, he, he synthesized it well. Anyway, Rick, I know you, you were talking, <laughs> we were talking before everything. Go ahead and tell us that was my so we're talking about we just finished up with a theory of of idiots producing more idiots and we talked about how everybody who derives happiness in a certain certain different way. Can you go ahead and tell us your Superman joke? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, I'll try not to butcher this. Um I wanna all right. So I, the way I got this joke, I'm at a campfire. Uh I'm at we're camping in the woods. There's a bunch of guys all get together camp in the woods. And I come up to a campfire and there's there's an old man. He looks like he's 78, 80 years old. He's smoking weed out of a Miller Lite can. Like, what type of <laughs> what a legend? What type of <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there's there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of old guys just drinking, talking. They're you know just talking. They're about to go to one of those key parties. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, anyway, so this guy comes up to me and he goes, and he, well, he comes up to the group. He goes. Y'all ever hear the one about Superman? So I'm not taking this joke. This is, his, this, is, this is old man wisdom, and I'm just reiterating it. But he tells this story about Superman. He says, Superman, he's been working. He's been working really hard lately. He's been saving lives, flying, using his strength, using his laser vision. And he's tired. You know, and all his Superman friends, all his superhero friends can tell. They can say, 
Superman's really, he's really, you know, tired. So they all get together and all the superheroes say, Superman, take a day off. Relax. You know, you, you earned it. We'll take care of it. You go have a day. Superman's like, are you sure guys? Like, you know, there's people need help. Like, we'll take care of it. You go have, take a day off. Superman's like, okay. And so he starts flying out. He's trying to leave the city and he's trying to take his day off. But all of a sudden he sees a train on a subway and it starts to fall off a bridge. Right. And he's, he's like, Oh, I have to go help him. I have to go help him. So he swoops in to help him. And then Spider-Man comes out of nowhere, webs up the train, saves and goes, Superman, take your day off. Take your day off, Superman. So he's like, okay, fine, fine. And so he starts flying out and he's just about to get out of the city. And he sees a bunch of guys getting beat up in an alleyway. And so he's like, Oh, I gotta go save him. I gotta go save him. Flies down. And then Batman comes out of nowhere, starts beating up the bad guys. He goes, Superman, we told you. We'll take care of it. Take your day off. So he's flying out of the city. He's finally out of the city. He comes over in the ocean. He's like, I'm going to get away from everybody. He's just flying. And all of a sudden, he comes across this little island in the middle of nowhere. It's like a little circle. And he, you know, is flying over. And all of a sudden, he, he looks down. He goes, is that what I think it is? He sees Wonder Woman, butt naked, spread eagle, just laying on her back. He goes, this is what they were talking about. I'm going to take my day off. I'm going to have a good day. So he flies down with his super, super speed, th thrust, 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 one, two, three. He's in and out. He's in and out like the wind. And he's out. He got his nut. He's happy. He he's taking his day off. Wonder Woman goes, did you feel something? What was that? And the invisible man says, I don't know, but my asshole is burning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, coming from the old man, I was like, this is the last thing I expected. <laughs> I mean, I've got, a, I've got something kind of like that. There was this one student that went to Auburn, and he studied really, really hard. And everybody always noticed that, man, this guy is this guy is always on top of his stuff. He is a true Auburn man. You know, the, you know uh, the Auburn Creed saying that I don't expect, basically don't expect anything but what I, I have earned in my life? This is that type practical, of guy. The practical world. Yeah, the practical <laughs> world. This is, he is living the practical world. And finally, he graduates after four years of busting his ass. And everybody thinks, damn, he must have the hardest life, the hardest degree. And, you know, he deserves the world. He goes three years without finding a job. And he is just absolutely hating life. And uh, his friend finally asked him, dude, what's what's going on? What's, what's happening in your life? And uh, this guy, he just so happens to be called Rick as well. He says, I got my degree in poli sci. <laughs> well, the moment you said study hard in Auburn, I was like, poli sci. Actually, I knew he was going to on Rick, but then when he said graduated, I was like, oh, no, he's not talking about Rick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me two weeks. Give me two weeks. Yeah, Will, I need, I need your help here, Will. Every time we go to the bars, I have to deal with the ber constant berate, beration of, Poli sci jokes, poli sci. Oh, well, I'm so <laughs> Trust me, I dealt with it for three years, man. It doesn't get better. <laughs> there's no, there's no way to argue either. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh man, it, but if it works, it works, though, man. I, I remember when uh, I started Auburn here with Will. That man, like, I mean, dude, Cal one algebra, <laughs> even dude, this guy, it, it hurts. It hurts me going back and looking at him because it, even I couldn't help him, bro. So. I hated my life during that time, dude. Fuck, got Fuck. into poli sci, and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. So, yeah. I mean, and if you I'm... enjoy it, you enjoy it. Fuck them. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the easiest, okay? I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it's no engineering, but we're ed I'm, I'm educated. I'm happy. Yeah, for sure. Good joke. Good joke, Chris. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Go ahead and end it up on this next segment. I like to call this next segment stirring the pot. And I've always been known for just saying something enough to stir, stir the pot or piss somebody off and let other people bicker about it. So what I'm bringing to the table this week is I'm going to talk about Jack Ma and the communist re regime of China. For everybody else that knows out there, 
probably three months ago, Jack Ma was starting, uh, he was trying to back an IPO. It's called Ant. And Alibaba had a lot of money. It doesn't really matter about the finance behind it or anything like that. He was just backing up Ant. He said, I am the CEO of, of Alibaba. For everyone who doesn't know, Alibaba is basically the uh, Asian Amazon. And he says, this company is it. This company is going to be real, yada, yada, yada. But, and there was a big but, China is holding us back in our creative freedom. And he just went on a big, uh, just like a big rant at the end of his speech about how negative he was about China and how, much, how, how controlling they were. Well, Jack Ma disappeared shortly thereafter for about three months. Three months, this guy mysteriously disappeared. And then he reappeared mysteriously again. And then he kind of changed his opinion. So this is me, me stirring the pot right here. Like, what really happened in these three months that Jack Ma mysteriously disappeared? Keep in mind, the stock went down crazy amount. People were going crazy. People just had no idea what to do with their lives because this, this, this company that was so great comparable to Amazon went downhill only because their CEO talked negatively about China. So this is me stirring the pot. At what oh. point is it enough? At what point should somebody else step in? I'm not talking about just on a government level that you say your opinions, but somebody else has to step into it and almost put a stop to it. Uh, I'm not following your question. You're saying, could you reiterate it? At what point in your life do you need somebody else to stop your own opinions to kind of put you back in check? No, I like to go on unquestioned. If nobody ever questions me, that's when I'm the happiest. For real though, I think that uh, <clears throat> Jack Ma may have gotten uh, invisible manned by the Chinese government until he changed his mind. Do you think that Jack Ma is the true Jack Ma right now? Do you think he's the same person? They have a surrogate Jack Ma in there right now. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I definitely, I don't know what to say about that. That sucks for Jack Ma. <laughs> I, feel like, I, I feel like you should have more opinions about this. You being a socialist Jew against communist China, I feel uh, like you should have a lot. <laughs> I'm not a socialist Jew. I just think that John Rawls' redistribution of wealth isn't the worst. <laughs> oh my God. That's all. But I mean, there's some flaws to it. Uh, I think, I mean, it, but like just on a, on a market level, it's kind of dumb that like China values, like they'd rather have the power over all their companies than have their companies, you know, be so powerful. They're competing with Amazon. That's, I don't know. I guess if we're assuming China, intervene which i think we can make yeah, the same presumption yeah, yeah. Uh, oh i don't want to say anything myself because we remember that one this is another story remember was it two years ago that that guy mysteriously disappeared in auburn he was a chinese exchange student bro did you were remember you in that? when all that was going on oh, yeah, yeah. y'all remember that yes yeah okay so this guy was a Maybe I don't want to disrespect him at all because he ended up uh, he ended up finding him uh, passed away. So I don't want to by no means be disrespectful. So I don't know if he was Chinese or Taiwanese, but he was he was a foreign exchange student from over there in in, uh, in the Southeast Asia. And I don't know what it was, but I read something about like how he was being disrespectful on Twitter or social media. It was something like that, and they couldn't find him. He same thing. He mysteriously disappeared, and he mysteriously disappeared for like two months. Am I wrong? Is it was it was it about like two months? Yeah, yeah, it was. And so. then out of nowhere, they find him dead in a shed here at Auburn. But this is this is what's crazy about everything. This same guy that was found dead in the shed was only dead in the shed the by the autopsy for maybe a couple days. So what happened to that kid? That kid was gone for two months, but he was only dead for a couple days when they found him in that shed. So as far as I know, um, like I said, during, in the Haley Center during that time, 
there was there was anti uh, CCP and pro CCP propaganda being put up like on top of each other constantly in the Haley Center billboards. Like it was every day there was new posters like posted up on those billboards one way or the other. Um, and so what I heard just through the grapevine. So, I mean, obviously I don't know how truthful it is, but apparently there's some students there whose families are pretty well connected with the communist party in China. Okay. And so if he's being outspoken against them, it would not surprise me if, yeah, like some shit, some dirty political shit like that went down. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I was talking to, uh, Unkin about this and he was, he knew a lot more than I did because he had talked to some some other guy. But so I'm getting it through the grapevine. But it was some scary shit that I was hearing about some of the people there and some of the connections that they have. That reminds me of uh, something similar in Auburn. I don't know if y'all will remember, but it was like a year or two years ago. There was this uh, guy, and I again I I don't want to say his descent because I don't know it, but he was like clearly from the Middle East and. Uh, he would sit downtown Auburn like late nights like near the bars and he'd have this sign that read, uh, and y'all help me if you can remember it, but it was oh, like, okay, okay. I know exactly. What did it say? Tell me what, cause I can't remember exactly what the sign said, but it was classic. It was essentially just asking for a fuck. Like, will somebody please come home with me? Like the dude wasn't being rude or anything. He just had a very profane sign. No, he no. wasn't being, yeah, he wasn't being rude at all. In fact, I remember people always took pictures with them and he always had this yeah. giant smile on his face. Um, and so, anyway, I don't know if all you guys remember it, but it was found out about a year and a half ago that that guy, the I think it was the FBI or the CIA, whoever, I think FBI, that guy had been sent over here by a terrorist organization, and they were trying to get him to ingrain in society, and they wanted him to go bomb, like, I think it was Fort Benning in Georgia. Yep. Uh, yeah, and they found that out, and I guess he wouldn't do it, or he hadn't done it yet. I don't know. I like to think that the drunks of Auburn were so nice to him that he decided not to do it. But uh, <laughs> still, it, it just that's another thing that reminds me of. It's just kind of crazy that like the international warfare that goes on is, yeah, it happens here in Auburn. <laughs> yeah, it's not always just fighting. It's uh, it's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that just never gets covered. Wow. Stuff you don't know about is some of the most like hard to hear stuff and there's a reason because of it like there's no telling this like you're talking about other governments there's no telling the shit that happens like behind closed doors that we don't know about all around the world but i feel like this is a rabbit hole that goes so deep we just don't need to get into it i was gonna i was gonna change the subject uh dom you know i think the four listeners that we have for this podcast they uh they were asking me about the mlk video the uh i'm not not going into that anymore that's go back and listen to the other episode no no, no, they want the footage they want want to see they want to see the project video okay i'll i'll reach out to some buddies and see if we can make this uh i'll put it on youtube if i can find it okay (laughs) anyway guys it's been a, a great podcast so far and i hopefully next week we can bring some more viewers on and get to know each other will kenny Thank you guys for coming on. Before you guys, before you guys leave though, let's go ahead and let everybody know like what's going on in your life and what you want people to know. What's going on? Just one thing that you 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 want everybody to know. Like you'll start first, Will. Me first, okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, going through law school, about to finish my one L year, and I'm about to go up to D.C. for the summer. I'm going to be there for eight weeks, working in Capitol Hill in the Senate. So. Very excited about that. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, I can learn some cool shit. Hell yeah. That's awesome. How about, How about you, Kenny? What's going on in your life, and what do you want people to know about you? Uh, let's see. Currently, uh, a couple weeks till graduation here at Auburn, so I'm about ready to get the fuck out of here, um, start that next chapter. I might take the summer off because uh, my lease here doesn't end for another two months, and I might just use that to my advantage, maybe do some do some vacationing here in between. Um, follow me on SoundCloud. I make beats. I fucking produce a little bit of music. Focus, P H O C U S, and uh, that's about it, really. Thanks for having us, though, Chris. Kenny, I want to. I'm curious what uh, what are you majoring in? What are you graduating with? Electrical. Oh, oh, electrical engineering. 
Mm-hmm. So he's smarter than me. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, that's any that's one. we're not really so talking. Fuck you, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> the bar is pretty low there. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the the circuit, the capacitors, and all that fun stuff. I don't get. And then uh, you said you make beats. Like, what are your? Uh, don't necessarily have to say influences, but like, who who's your go to musically? Like your top three, or or who you're listening to right now? I'm curious. Hmm. I wouldn't say uh, bad Barbie. The, catch me outside. T- <laughs> yeah, the type of the type of uh, music that I've been into producing is like along the lines of like EDM. So I would say I take some inspiration from people like Tai Dai Kai, uh, Porter Robinson. I still love all listening to all his stuff. And then I know I'm trying to, I'm trying to dive a little bit more into some like almost like rock acoustic type stuff. I know me and Will have been trying to collaborate a little bit uh, on some electric guitar uh, things, but like um, Trippy Red's new album, that Red uh, Neon Pegasus, I really listen to that like on repeat all the time. What did y'all think? First off, Porter Robinson, I think he did some stuff with Medeon, which I thought was dope. Oh yeah. uh, What did y'all think of MGK's pop punk album and before you talk shit i loved it so i'm curious what y'all oh no dude mgk he's our personal lord and savior dude yes we're all in on mgk this research that he's had his music's awesome now i feel like i'm back in like in middle school just jamming out it's great yes dude a lot of people do hate it but i am like i i i'm all for it i've i listen to that every now and then on repeat i remember we were watching one of the music videos and we're just like, yo, man, this is like, this is hitting, this is going in. Yeah. And then, you know, he's got a girl in there and she's pretty hot. And we're, we're both just like, yo, bro, like she, she's banging. Is that, is that Megan Fox even? And then we realized that she's like, he's dating her at the time. I don't know, bro. Long story short, <laughs> he's my new hero. I have that. I'm with you on that. So. I'm with you on that. It was good meeting you guys. I enjoyed yeah, it. Man. Yeah, it was yeah, a pleasure having y'all on. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks, yeah, you guys. Sure. Go ahead and tune in. We're going to go ahead and try to do something at least two next week. Maybe do something over the weekend. No promises. We'll have some more people. Hell, maybe we can promise to have Kenny and uh, Will some other time and have some of their stories. I know that I definitely know that Will and Kenny did not live up to the, the stories that they can tell right now. These guys are <laughs> these guys are crazy, and they're not going ahead. They're, they want to be humble. They don't want to say how, how great they were throughout these last years. But thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Uh, once again, we are two dudes and a Rick. Go ahead and say hi, Rick. Hey, guys. Hey, Rick. Oh, that's oh, Rick. And, oh, that's Dom. He's a dude. I'm Chris. I'm a I dude. Forgot, I forgot somebody asked Rick to talk. I was going to shut him off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the podcast this week.